Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Accountable Podcast. I am your host, Leah Vahere. All right, guys, how's it going? I hope you had a wonderful week, and um, happy February 1st, 2024. Here we are, guys. Um, I think it's uh, kind of wild how quickly January has gone by. Um, usually, I don't know, for me personally, January can almost feel like it's dragging on and, um, I just feel like this year it's just like flown by, even though, you know, my kind of regular day-to-day work life, um, personal life isn't always the same, you know, because it's colder out. So I'm more, I'm inside doing office work, admin stuff, planning, um, you know, getting events going, like it's a lot of like planning and staying in and strategizing of like how we want to have the year set up. And so that's very, very different than the rest of the year, specifically spring through, you know, early winter where it's just go time and it's like work, work, work. So for me, January can typically feel a little bit of a drag. Um, it can feel like it takes a long time to get through, but this year I feel like I was very intentional with every single week and trying to be even intentional, like with every single day. And that really just made everything kind of fly by because there was always something to do. There was always something, you know, to work towards and I really enjoyed it. Um, I am trying to be mindful of how I'm speaking into the mic, so I just bear with me, guys. Um, I don't know. I've traveled with this mic, so maybe it's kind of gotten a little bit broken, maybe, in the travels. I'm not sure, but I have found that sometimes, and maybe it's just me being, like, critical, but there's times where it's like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm screaming into the mic, and it almost has, like, that crackly um sound on it so super like I'm sorry if you've heard that I I think it's a little bit better if you listen with headphones um but anyways just you know bear with me I am trying to keep my voice level and cool and calm and collected uh versus my like passionate outbursts that tend to happen that can cause you know for myself my um, ears to hurt. So <laughs> I just want to, you know, be mindful of that. Um, but anyways, uh, that's just some like housekeeping, some housekeeping updates of like, you know, the whole technical behind the scenes, uh, show here at the fully accountable podcast. Um, but yeah, so I have just been you know, working, getting myself set up for February. There's a lot of change happening and unfolding. And it's been really, really, really interesting. And um, I'm not even really sure where the topic of this uh, podcast is going to go this week. I just decided to write down a couple things that stood out to me this week that I thought might uh, convey a good message for anybody listening. But other than that, you know, we're just going to try to like roll with it. Um, Because, you know, I feel like for myself personally, the way that this podcast flows really is in tune with my life and what's going on. And sometimes I want to kind of give you guys like 
in the moment, like current events, um, up-to-date, you know, life things that are going on with me and that can influence uh, what kind of topics I end up talking about. And then other times, you know, it's more reflection mode and I have a whole mindset of like, okay, I want to, you know, talk about this story and this experience and go from there. Um, But, you know, for this week, um, I have felt like, actually, I would say the last two weeks, I felt like a lot of growth and awareness a lot of like self-reflection and awareness has come to the forefront in the last couple weeks and there's there's a couple things um for that you know there's a couple reasons for that um one is you know like I said at the beginning of the episode like this time of the year is not my my busy time right it's more planning it's strategizing it's kind of getting the myself grounded in what do I want the year to look like like what kind of intentions do I want to set and I did that last year and it was awesome because well it was awesome because I met all my goals and surpassed a lot of my goals so that's why I'm saying it's awesome and so for this year it's like all right you know what are we going to set out to achieve what are we going to set out to accomplish because I already have like that life proof of doing um some goals last year and surpassing them and meeting them and that was super exciting and that felt really good so it's like you know I have that the proof is in the pudding like we can do this again and so I everything's positive right everything's like moving positive everything like that um but you know I'm still obviously human who is uh you know learning and growing and like learning on the job man like i'm i'm learning on the job with business ownership life um you know like just being self-accountable and being reflective and knowing where i'm coming up short and where i'm succeeding right so what i have found is i i discovered that i still have this imprint of this thought pattern of almost like a mind scarcity when i am not uber busy with work so as anything in life like especially in my line of work where you're dealing with living things like plants and growing and um, landscaping and Uh, grass and all the stuff right agricultural stuff like turf um, landscaping like I said like those are all living breathing elements of the earth right and so there's seasonality with it there's ebbs and flows I'm not saying you know my money is determined my by the seasons but they're heavily like influenced uh, through like an ebb and flow of the year and What's interesting is that I grew up with an agricultural background. So my family was in the egg world. My, you know, parents worked in the egg industry um, their entire life doing. And so that would be like green chopping, custom silaging, like farming, if you like to put it simply. Um, And then also in the feedlot business. So cattle, raising cattle, selling cattle. So full full spectrum here 
And um, especially like the primary business being the custom silaging, so the farming side of it all, I realized that like I have been imprinted with this um, thought pattern of, you know, by the time late winter is rolling around, early spring is rolling around, everybody's getting antsy because, you know, it's time to start making money again, right? We had a good winter in a sense of like the time off um, and no money coming in. And now it's like, oh, everybody's kind of getting a little antsy, a little panicky, and we got to get to work. We got to start, you know, locking in some contracts and we need to start working. And I realized that even though I was not working on the farm and even though I was a little girl and a teenager and growing up in that dynamic that energy that cycle of the seasons that cycle of um, basically like antsiness panic working your ass off and then break time in the winter like (laughs) that cycle totally impacted me um Uh, as a child and as a young adult and now in my own business and I was kind of laughing and and talking to my mom about this because I found myself almost falling into the same narrative of like you know scarcity and we got to make something work I got to get to work I got to you know like Um, we can't delay we got to make sure everything's like happening and up and running for you you know March 1st like as soon as uh, the snow's off the ground kind of thing I found myself in that that eagerness like that that intensity um, and like of that scarcity of like oh we need to we need to get on top of it and I was I caught myself on it because, you know, there's a there's a difference between desperation energy and urgency energy. It's great to have urgency. It's great to have passion and a sense of urgency of like, I got a lot of shit to do and I want to get it done. And I have a lot of big plans for, you know, my, my business and my life and my family and everything like that. And I have and my purpose in this world. Like I, there's there's that sense of urgency, which is great. And then there's desperation, you know, and I hate that desperation energy where that's like, got to make a sale. We got to meet the bottom line. We got to do this. And it's, and it has like that, that desperation, that, um, kind of pushing that really like forceful pushing forward energy, which is not, I mean, it works for some people for a limited time, but it's not a sustainable method to be in. It's not a sustainable energy to be in. And it's very, it's low frequency, right? It's, it's basically telling the divine, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you're going to provide. And so I need to be in this like desperate energy with reacting and settling for crumbs because I don't believe you're going to be giving me, you know, the whole pie. And so I, I found that energy kind of creeping in and I caught myself and, you know, I definitely kind of fumbled into it a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I caught myself. I did a lot of self-reflection. I, you know, did, I used the tools in my toolbox that I know how with meditation and praying and writing and doing all the things. 
um, to just gain awareness of it. And then, you know, I was kind of laughing to myself where I told my mom, I'm like, oh, I have, you know, the Prefontaine business model mindset that I need to get out of. And um, that is that kind of roller coaster ride of emotions of hurry up, hurry up and wait, or like hurry up, work really hard and wait. And I don't want to be in that, you know, I want to be in flow. I don't want to have that ups and down, that drama, that, um, you know, pushing everything right to the nth degree and, and then, um, coming full circle back where, you know, you're needing to, I don't know, like make stuff happen, get and have like that, that urgency of, I got to make something happen because I got to pay a bill sort of energy, right? Like, and I get it, like that energy can work sometimes, like it can definitely motivate yourself, but like, I'm not a procrastinator and I know I have the capacity and the whereabouts and the smarts to create a business model that is more in flow of you know, the, the seasonalities and the ebbs and flows of the industry that I'm choosing to work in. And so that's been just something that's been top of mind where, um, having these constant self-reflection moments are vital. And, you know, to me, self-reflection comes pretty, pretty easy. Um, but I do feel like if you if there's anything that is off, that is any, if you're feeling like anything is off and, and you find yourself kind of slipping into that more fear frequency or that, um, lack mindset, uh, frequency, it's a great time to do a evaluation on yourself. You know, where are you showing up? Where are these false patterns? Where are these, um, like, you know, beliefs that aren't yours, like that you inherited by watching a parent go through life the best that they knew how to go through life, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to take what, what you've been given and um, make it better, right? Make it better for yourself, make it better for your family, make it better for the next generation. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no placing blame on the other, on the generation before you. It's just, you're taking an accountability for your life and you're going to make it better. And that's how innovation happens. That's how growth happens. And that's how we progress forward as a society, right? By not doing things how they've always been done. And that can relate to everything, man. Like that, that relates easily enough, like in a family dynamic and how people raise their children and, and how they have personal relationships and intimate relationships and how they run their business. Um, and another aspect that just came to mind is how we eat, right? Uh, just because we've always eaten this one way doesn't mean that it's the right way to eat. And there's nothing wrong with evolving that into a more mindful uh, manner. And what I found really powerful today when I was, um, you know, on Instagram, uh, Leanna Shante released a new blog post and it was all about um, eating meat and the whole like consciousness and uh, lack of consciousness surrounding that as a society. And, and the article is super like long and in depth and a great read. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes people ask me, 
why I'm vegan and why I choose to be vegan and I say you know I don't want to partake in death culture I don't want the vibration of fear and um, pain and suffering vibrating in my body right like that's not something I want to consume and I don't believe that um, I have the right to kill an animal for my pleasure of consuming them like I just don't I wouldn't do that to a dog or a cat or a horse or a bunny um, why would I you know do it with a cow or a pig or chicken right and so that that's been always like my standard uh response even you know um when I've I've told you guys how I've ebbed and flowed from being vegan because like the moment I I really looked at the industry and looked at how majority of manufacturing farming is going down when I really looked at that I it was easy it was a no-brainer for me to give up meat and you know why like the, a big reason is because I grew up around it, right? I grew up on a feedlot. And yeah, for um, where as far as feedlots go, like ours was, I'm sure, more of the humane ones. Uh, the animals were treated in a more humane way and they were, you know, not over uh, prescribed antibiotics. Like my mom actually would give them pills of echinacea. Um, they were, you know, like, there, there was there was a consciousness um, to seeing them still as living, breathing animals, right? Uh, with thoughts and and um, you know, like their own their own vibe towards them, right? And so I definitely I saw that, but at the end of the day, you know, when I when I started learning about like the how the rest of the world's you know factory farming is. It's not pretty. It's not good. It's devastating. And even too, like it brought back memories of what I would see on the feedlot. And yeah, like even though ours in a, it was quote unquote, you know, more humane and uh, a better run facility, there were still things that like really disturbed me as a child like it's something as anyone who's a farmer who could see like or not a farmer but like a rancher um seeing as like a you know no big deal is like branding you know that is a traumatic thing and to see that as a child and to see the animals you know feel that and scream after they've been branded like that's that sticks with you and you know in your heart as a child like that's that's not right no one's enjoying that you know no one is enjoying that like the animal isn't enjoying it the person branding them I don't think is enjoying it they're just in the headspace of like this is a job and it needs to get done and they almost remove themselves from the emotional aspect of it and so just so they can literally get through it because I think if you allowed your empathy to shine through and you allowed your em empathy to be present and present in that moment you wouldn't go through with it and you wouldn't continue branding those cattle um but no we don't we close off and we numb out and we just get the job done you know quote unquote get the job done and so when you think about that if you have to do something where you are literally have to numb out and shut off that part of your heart, shut off that part of your brain where you have empathy for another living creature because you need to 
quote unquote, get the job done. That's dark. Like, it's not an opinion. That's facts. Anything that you need to literally I make yourself into a robot with no feelings because you need to get something done, that's a very clear sign that that's dark and that's Satan. Like, that is not God. That is not Jesus. That is not light. And that is not love. And so maybe if you're not comfortable with the, you know, the notions of Satan and darkness and all that stuff, okay, sure, call it what you want. But what you can't call it is love. And what you can't call it is light. And you can't call it empathy in any, in any regards, right? And so that's kind of where this whole lack of evolving where, um, you know, in her article, she talks about how people will try to make the, the claim of like, well, our ancestors ate meat. And uh, it's like, yeah, and our ancestors performed human sacrifices for like the Mayan times and the Roman Empire times. And um, they also owned slaves and they also performed genocide. So they did all those things too. But guess what? People evolved from that. People knew that that wasn't right. People knew that um, slavery is not correct, isn't right, isn't ethical. Um, there, they knew that like human sacrifice is not ethical, is not right, is not necessary for us to you know live as a society um, because you know we don't need to sacrifice a a human for quote unquote gods, right? Um, they evolved past that, and so with the whole eating meat and the dairy industry and the factory farming industry, like as humans, we can evolve from that as well and I just thought that you know it's just a it's common sense to me but I I also find it very profound when I I see that in writing and because a lot of people just don't think about this stuff you know they just don't want to think about it they don't think about it and when you have the conversations about it um they get uncomfortable or they get defensive, or they try to come up with all these different uh, scenarios to make it okay. I don't have to make up any scenarios uh, where eating vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, legumes is okay, because it is okay. Anywhere you slice it, like it is okay. And um, it's funny because like, like, there's uh, like that argument that I've seen, you know, Joe, guys like Joe Rogan, um, you know, people who are on the carnivore diet, they make the argument that um, so many um, different animals, you know, species, rodents, um, smaller animals, you know, like it'd be like probably gophers, voles, moles, um, mice, whatever, rabbits, perhaps, um, how it's like seven uh, 7 million of them die each year with, from the um, farming practices of harvesting vegetables. And um, yeah, that is true. That is sad. And um, 7 million worldwide is a lot, and that sucks. Um, but in the same breath, you know, there's 9 million chickens that are killed every year just in the United States alone for human consumption. 
So it's just like such a lackluster um, argument because at the end of the day, your animals are dying either way. You cut it, but like if you have to almost come up with a way where what is doing the less, you know, the least amount of harm, the least amount of harm, because everything has a dark side to it, you know? So if you can look at things where it's like, how am I doing the least amount of harm? Um, that's the route I want to go, right? Or that's the road I want to try. I, you know, no, with, with the caveat of not driving yourself crazy and not trying to be perfect, because again, it's like, okay, my cell phone that I have, um, yeah, there was slave labor it, that was um, partaking in this to mine the precious minerals to have the batteries that are within it so that we can have cell phones. That's a dark reality of all the phones that we have in our hands. Um, but what can I do that's good with this phone? Okay, well, I can share a podcast and that is you know, full of light and inspiration and accountability and hoping to, you know, touch people where they are able to, you know, reflect on different scenarios within their own life to help them be better and be more positive. That's what I can do with that, right? Even though there's a dark aspect to that phone, there's still things that I can use that phone for that are light and that are good. And that's like... That's the thing that Leanna Shante does talk about is this whole duality programming where it's us versus them. It's, um, you know, vegans versus meat eaters. It's the left versus the right. And once you, once you see that duality being played out, uh, for the most, you know, it, for all of it, it's Satan just pitting us against each other so that we waste energy and time fighting against each other versus rising above and evolving consciously so that we can be mindful of seeing yeah there's darkness on this planet there's darkness that is you know infiltrating different aspects of our lives and like I can do what I can to the best of my ability to navigate that and not have to pick a side you know I can evolve to see a whole sleet of like all these different options all these different possibilities that are in alignment with my core values, my energy vibration, my soul's path. That's the life that I want to be living. And so that brings me to like another part of the, the article that I found um, really interesting when I was reading it is she, Leanna talk, talks about shame. Because a lot of the times that what can happen um, when we start to uncover different aspects of our lives that, um, you know, where we weren't maybe being the best version of ourselves, um, sometimes that can bring on a lot of shame. And, you know, the thing about shame, and I've talked about this before, shame and guilt are just energy drains. Their energy sucks. And shame actually doesn't prevent people from doing dark things it just keeps darkness in the shadows of the consciousness so it doesn't actually change anything it doesn't stop behavior it doesn't heal anything it doesn't help you dissolve you know the patterns that led you to doing those uh, dark actions in the in the first place shame just 
puts it in a nice little box to put it away in the shadows in the closet behind behind closed doors so that you just continue on thinking feeling doing all of these dark acts without actually taking accountability and changing the only time you can actually make real change is when you bring something to light and that can be anything that can be you know Um, trauma that you've experienced you have to bring it to light in order to actually fully release it and you can look at that uh, any way you want you know when I say bring it to light I mean like bringing it to light of the forefront where you're taking accountability and you're you know incorporating your spiritual practice with the love of Jesus to help clear that and heal that right but there's like it's not just like you know, you bring it to light and give it to God and now you're cured. It's not really that simple. There is like a whole um, aspect that comes in relationship with it to, you know, your conscious brain, your mind, these thought patterns, the actual neural pathways of your mind of how you need to rewire it. And, and know that like you, yes you were one way and you did those things and now you're you're making a change because you're worthy of those changes and you're worthy of um putting your best foot forward and you're worthy of you know living uh, a life with that is in alignment with the highest version of yourself because you're worth all that if you're clinging to shame and guilt it's really hard to make those changes because at a core fundamental level you never actually believe that you're worth that and that's just simply not true um And so that I just, I found um, really, really like powerful because like I said, you know, I, when I really read that book about the animal industry and um, the darkness of that and how people in all aspects, you know, who are part of factory farming, um, how they're actually treating their, their livestock and, um, the horrendous numbers of massacre that goes on with that uh, and the methods that they use to actually kill the animals like it was a fucking no-brainer for me to uh, go go vegan I didn't have to have like an inner dialogue of like you know wanting to justify it in any way but what I found really interesting is I when I dropped off and I started eating meat again it was very much due to my own um where I was at personally and emotionally in my life you know when I found out about the whole animal industry and everything like that like I was just in a better headspace you know I was in school I was you know moving forward I was doing stuff I was like you know learning how to run my life um as an adult because I was like 19 you know freshly like out of high school and um I just was like you know bopping along and when I uh dropped off from being vegan I was in a very very emotionally vulnerable state of mind and being um I had just got out of a you know not so good well a pretty bad relationship my self-esteem was just fragile as all hell um I was seeking validation I I had thought my life was going one way and it was going to look this certain way and that you know checking all the boxes off of you know quote unquote what we're supposed to do in life um 
I thought all that was, you know, bumping along. And now I had a huge disruption in my life with the ending of that, this one relationship that I kind of didn't know who I was and who I needed, who I wanted to be. And I, I was just so vulnerable on so many different aspects that I basically stopped being like accountable for anything because I was just, you know, kind of flying by the seat of my pants. And so it's interesting because with that came um, a lot of different aspects of my health that I stopped being accountable for, you know, when I stopped being accountable for different emotional aspects of my life and I started numbing out and drinking and everything like that. It was very, very easy for me to stop being accountable for the core value I had within myself uh, in regards to eating animals. And that's because I was numbing out. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at that. I wasn't tapping into that, um, that empathy that I have for them, right? I was barely surviving, so why would I worry about the survival of other people, right? Like, because I was in like that desperation energy. And so as time went on and I, I, you know, healed and I was, well, and I got, you know, my, my bearings back and I just kind of, um, kind of went through that, that roller coaster ride of emotions. Uh, I was able to come back to my center, which is being vegetarian, which then is, you know, eventually being vegan, but it took me a long time to get there, right? Like it took me a long time to get there. I never um, went full blown into, you know, um, meat is my personality by any means, but I absolutely put that like cognitive dissonance in between myself and what I was consuming. And um, what's interesting is because I was definitely one of those people that had the um, mind frame or the excuse in my brain that, oh, if I get it from a local farm, that's better. And um, if I get it from, you know, if it's organic, that's better. And at the end of the day, and this wasn't until recently, honestly, like this, this is a new development as well as I've kind of more dived into my spiritual path and my my reasoning for um, eating the way that I'm choosing to eat, which is still like a daily practice, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at all of it. But um, is the ma- the simple fact is whether you're hunting for your own meat or you're buying from an organic farmer, at the end of the day, no living being wants to die. So if you're out in the forest and you are like, what is it called? Like stalking? I don't even know. Like (laughs) stalking an elk, stalking a deer. I don't even know what it's called. Um, But if you're out in the wild and you're, you know, looking at trapping an animal or hunting an animal, I'm sure none of you are trapping animals, but you know what I mean. Like going and you got your tickets pulled and you can, or your tags pulled and you can, um, you know, shoot yourself a deer for the season. That deer still doesn't want to die. You know, she doesn't want to die. Um, but again, we will justify in our mind that that's a better uh, way of harvesting meat because you shot it yourself, you killed it, you're not contributing to the factory farming, and so that makes it okay. And you know what? I used to be one of those people that felt that um, and thought could, and I thought that was reasonable, but. 
as I've, you know, uncovered my own um, spiritual path and my and dived more into this topic, I realized, you know, like no animal wants to die. Doesn't matter the circumstances. Doesn't matter if it's in a factory farm and its pure sole purpose was to be bred and born for human consumption or if it was out in the wild and born in the wild and you know ended up getting shot by a hunter you know like neither animal wanted to die right uh so that that's where i'm at with it and um the, the whole thing about it is like it's not me pushing a belief on anybody else when these topics come up because people are genuinely curious and they want to know and so I just try to give them straight up answers on why and I I do the best I can in um, just speaking the truth about it and um, and it is always interest without any judgment without any judgment because I don't care what other people do I don't care what other people do you do whatever you want to do I don't care but um I'm also not going to not speak facts and I'm not gonna not speak truths on on this subject matter uh when especially like when I'm asked right and so it at the end of the day it's like you know because people legitimately will ask like okay well if it's from this supplier or this supplier would you be okay with it and it's like at the end of the day no because I don't believe that I have the authority to choose who lives and who dies um, for animals or for humans right so that's just it's just a common or it's just a, a fact and it's like um just feels like very, I don't know, not that complicated, I guess. Um, but with with that being said, I don't think people take it to that that degree. They don't allow themselves to think to that level of uh, what it means um, to the what it means to live a spiritual life of you know looking at what are you consuming, body, mind, and soul, right? And because um, a lot of people can be one way with spirituality and um, being in touch with all of that, living a Christian life, uh, but then be completely oblivious to the toxic chemicals, poisons, and fear frequencies that they're consuming on an everyday basis. Um, which, again, if you know, like everything is energy. And when, you, and when you start looking at life through that lens of knowing, like on a quantum physics aspect everything is energy like this isn't just kind of some foo-foo bullshit that like I'm choosing to say because it aligns with like you know my spiritual vibe <laughs> it's quantum physics have proven that everything is energy and so when you start to look at that it makes it, it makes your, your decision-making, it just alters, it alters your decision-making. You start to see, um, the world through that lens. And so, um, for myself, like the next biggest teacher, um, for me is freaking like animals, like my own personal animals. So, you know, I have 
the the background and the experience of um, being around um, factory farming and agriculture and all that stuff like I'm telling you guys like it was like a feedlot across from a slaughterhouse you know like we saw it all like it's not I'm not I'm not one of these vegans that has like never stepped outside and actually like not seen anything first like firsthand of what goes on in the animal industry um, and so from there you know the next biggest teacher for me are my animals and specifically like Atticus and Nova um, but like you know even just like Nova over the last week uh, she's she definitely she teaches me so much because this is another energy pattern that I have had to um, dissolve or I've had to work on um, releasing is this this domination um, domineering authoritative figure uh, as a human over animals you know because of my background because being in those worlds because being surrounded or uh, surrounded by adults who worked with animals who had an authority figure over animals with you know herding cattle like herding not hurting herding cattle and um you know branding them and you know being on like the rodeo and just being surrounded around that culture where you are animals are second class to you you know it's like humans then animals right like it's just that's how it is um because everybody is numbed out from the empathy gene because they have a job to do because they're making money off of this because their livelihood depends on this and so they you know alter their brains so that it makes it okay for them to continue on doing the practices that they need to do so for me you know I have had to I have definitely identified um how I have had to I guess just like heal that that part of myself and forgive that part of myself um and also too you know coming from you know parents who had an authoritative background you know having authoritative figure dad who it's like um because I said so and head of the household kind of thing like again that's all authority and so I have had to really over the last two years work with animals to help me not only uncover and take accountable for the this authoritative wounding that I have within me um, but then also actively implement change so that I'm not stepping back into those old patterns and that has been very very um, I don't want to say hard like it's been hard it's hard because I will slip up or I will lose my temper or I will have these really triggered, angered feelings towards animals. Um, and that can be hard because, again, that, that pesky, you know, shame and guilt wants to creep up, wants to try to take over. So even, uh, was it today? No, it might have been yesterday. Um, Nova like it's getting nice out like it's crazy how nice it is for January and so she is wanting to get outside more and I have work to do I have you know stuff that I need to do and I have to work on the computer and everything like that and so I've been trying to get her out more um so to burn off some energy but 
the other day, man, like I usually, oh, I put her in the garage for, um, when I go into town. So I was gone for man, like 45 minutes, an hour, came home, opened up the garage door, little gal bolts out, takes off running. And I have to run after her and I'm calling her and calling her and she's just out of my reach, right? Like she's just out of my reach and she will not come back to me. If I run, she takes off running. Um, and she just thinks like, we're going on a big walk. Like I, she's like, I initiated this walk, so we're going on a walk and I am getting madder and madder. And the anger is like, and the frustration is growing and growing because why? she's not listening to me you know she's not listening she's not coming back it's like I could not be any I could be no one to her like I have I have zero control over this animal um and she is just going and I felt so much rage brewing up inside of me and I said to she was like up ahead of me and she kind of looks at me and she's pretty far, like she's pretty far and she's not coming to me, nothing. And I could feel all this anger up inside me. And I said, all right, girl. And I'm like, you have the sovereign choice to run away. I have the sovereign choice to walk away. And I walked home and I just, you know, I said that I was like, I need to walk away right now because I I need to, I need to cool this feeling and I need to not be reactive. And you know what? She's a sovereign chick. She can do what she wants and you know, I'm going to let her do that. And so I walked home and went inside. Um, I think I, yeah, I went inside. I think I got a drink of water and I was going to like change my shoes to then go back out and look for her. And, um, by that point she had ran home and came to the front door. She was wet from going in the river and I just, you know, opened up the door, didn't say anything, just toweled her off and gave her a cookie for coming home. And that was such a better reaction. That was like much, much better because I was able to take a beat. I was able, I didn't, you know, I wasn't worried that she wasn't ever going to come home again. I don't have that kind of fear with her at all. Uh, cause I know she's a smart dog and, um, I just knew like she would, she'd either come, you know, find me on the trail when I went out uh, back to look for her or she would come home. So, um, yeah, that was, that was still though, a lesson of, of seeing how much like that, um, <laughs> that frustration can build up in me because again, she's quote unquote not listening to me because I'm her owner right I'm her owner and I and she needs to be well trained and all the things right and so that has been um really really interesting and continues to be interesting right because it just shows me more and more um of what I need to clear. And it also shows me how I can react differently to situations. You know, I don't always have to go to those old patterns of anger and that fiery rage. Cause you know, like I've said in past podcasts, like I got a lot of fire and that has been directed and, um, and, and misused in, in area, different areas of my life that weren't so good, that weren't good and, um, weren't kind and weren't, weren't in love. And I, chose you know I've chosen now not to live my life that way and so um 
I just continually look at her being, you know, this little teacher. And I trust that, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to figure this out. And um, it's always going to work out the, for the best. It's always going to work out for the best when it's rooted in love, right? And it, I'm not being reactive to anything. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to leave you guys with is this little, is that little story of, you know, accountability with like my, my, um, ongoing experiences week to week, right? Because with all of this, like it's, it's a journey and, um, we're not going to get it right every single week, but we can continuously do that self-analysis and be accountable for, you know, what we what we're setting out to to accomplish in life right and how we want to be and how we want to show up every single day so um i hope this you know resonated with you guys and i hope you have an amazing week and an awesome start to february and we will chat with you guys next week have a good one